This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. At the same time, we thought about the 360 uh, consumer journey. So like you mentioned, you know, how do you display it? How do you present it? That was very important for us too, because that's part of this entertainment philosophy. You know, you should enjoy your skincare, not just because it's great on skin, but also it's great to look at. Why not? At the same time, you said skin entertainment. Skin entertainment. <laughs> yes, that's. You the just. Term. You, I just wanted to make sure. I, <laughs> I love that you just said that so quick. I was like, wait. I'm your host Casey Finey, and this is Creative Conversation, a Fast Company podcast. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you know that I don't really have that many quote-unquote traditional entrepreneurs on here, but I do stand by the idea that there's creativity in everything, even skincare. Sarah Lee and Christine Chang are the co-founders and co-CEOs of Glow Recipe, a skincare brand that has been one of the driving forces behind the Korean beauty wave in the U.S. When Glow Recipe started in 2014, Sarah and Christine were just curating other K-beauty brands. And it wasn't until 2017 that they started selling their own products. As somewhat of a skincare junkie myself, I have actually used quite a few of Glow Recipe's products, and what has always struck me is how much of a multi-sensory experience it all is. From the packaging to the fragrances, Sarah and Christine are intentional in making skincare not something you have to do, but something you want to do. In this episode, Sarah and Christine explain their philosophy of, wait for it, skin-tertainment. Their trademarked word, not mine. All right, Sarah and Christine, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Oh, in unison, co-CEOs and just like in harmony. I love that. <laughs> so it's so funny because I, I, you know, for this podcast, I usually, um, I usually talk to, you know, creative people, mostly in like film and TV and, and, and music and whatnot. And I, I always want to incorporate more entrepreneurs because there is so much creativity in business. And when, you know, I, oddly enough, not even oddly enough, I've, I'm, I'm something of a skincare junkie. And I remember when Glow Recipe started coming out and I was just like, this is such a unique and such a unique and innovative brand and just how in your approach of, you know, the ingredients that you use and even the packaging. And so I'm just really excited to kind of dig into your, your story and just really start unpacking that. And so, you know, I always like to start at the beginning, like where did the idea for Glow Recipe come from? This is Sarah, so I'll start, and Christine can continue the story. Christine and I have been friends for uh, half of our lives, (laughs) Um, and we've known each other for such a long time. It's so interesting how, you know, everything kind of comes full circle, but Christine and I first met back in Korea when we were employees of L'Oreal Korea, and we were marketers for beauty brands within the same company, different brands, but we bonded over our passion for beauty, skincare, Korean skincare in particular, and uh, we became really close friends since then. And after a few years, we both ended up in the New York office in the same company, L'Oreal, around the same time, which is also really interesting because we never planned it. Everything really happened as a coincidence. And a few years later, we found out that we were both working for brands and products and technologies that were all inspired from Korean skincare. And 
It was interesting because we both are bilingual and bicultural. We understood, you know, everything that was happening in the Korean beauty world, but we were based in New York and working towards, you know, marketing everything for the U.S. consumers. So we thought it was really interesting that we had this unique positioning and we had this aha moment where we felt, how about if we both join forces and start our own company to bring the latest and the greatest technologies from Korean skincare directly ourselves, because we do have that access to um, the network in Korean beauty and introduce them here to the US consumers and furthermore, the global market. So that's how it all started. And it was at my apartment in New York when we were just catching up over sheet masking, which we were always doing together and um, drinking a glass of wine where all big ideas come from. <laughs> so that's, that's how Glow Recipe was born. We just flew over to Korea a couple of weeks later and started looking for the best products from the Korean you know, beauty stores and streets in Seoul. And really we were scouting for the best and trying everything. And we cold called and cold emailed probably over 30 plus brands. And within two weeks, we got responses from nine brands and we signed exclusive contracts with them. So it was a big moment. We didn't even have a website at that time, but um, we had glowrecipe.com envisioned and we pitched our business to um, really leveraging our expertise and experience because we both have about 10 years of beauty marketing experience to help these brands you know, go global. And so a lot of the brands were excited to partner with us at the end of 2014 when we started glowrecipe.com and it was initially a curation business model. And that's what I find interesting. So I, maybe Christine, you can take this part. You started as a, a company that was curating these other brands from Korea, and then somehow you made the decision to start making your own products. So like, when did that come about? Yeah, that was a big evolution for the company. And our initial inception, our, our philosophy is what really drove Glow Recipe to what it is today. And that hasn't changed from the very beginning, which is really about K-beauty being an approach to skincare and self-care. We grew up watching our moms and our grandmothers really enjoying their skincare every night, pampering themselves, carving out them that time for themselves. And we came to the States working at L'Oreal, saw our colleagues, had conversations with people at beauty stores, and we were realizing that it just really wasn't the case at the time. Like skincare was a chore that you had to get through to get to makeup, which used to be the fun part. And we wanted to change that conversation. So being a curator of different brands and these amazing brands, we're so honored to have been able to bring them over to the States and many of them are still here today, was a really great way for us to spark the conversation around education, how to layer products, what is the K-beauty approach? How do you have a little bit of fun while you're doing your skincare routine? Different application methods, different ingredients that people had never seen before. And whenever we were asked the question, is K-beauty a trend that's going to pass? Our answer at the time was always that K-beauty is more than just a trend. It's really a movement and a lifestyle. And we believe it's going to get to a place where it's kind of like French beauty in a sense where you never reach it for your Lancome, for example, cream thinking, I'm going to use my French cream today. It's just part of your beauty routine. And we knew that at the time with enough education and content, K-beauty would get there. And, and we think to some degree it really has, it's really infiltrated every brand, every space 
across mass and prestige. It, I mean, if you see Neutrogena launching a water gel, then that texture is inspired by K-Beauty. That's when you know it's really trickled down to every possible medicine cabinet across the country, right? And now that we had done that education, we were seeing the, the white space for us to really leverage that product development background and expertise that we had, because we were seeing some amazing technologies and ingredients that we wanted to leverage, but it's not like we were telling, we were able to tell our brand partners, do this and do that because they had their own brand ethos. And we realized that everything that we had been thinking about, the fact that we love these fruit ingredients that we grew up with, we had our watermelon ingredient be very much part of our childhood where our grandmothers would sometimes on hot summer nights, chop the watermelon and then use the leftover rind to rub on the skin to soothe heat rash and redness. And we had our moms just walking over to the fridge at the end of the long day, taking out yogurt and green tea powder and honey and just mixing that and creating DIY face masks. And we wanted that approach to skincare with all of this beautiful sensoriality that you're seeing in K-Beauty and, and the fun factor, but also being results driven and being able to give the effect of a post-facial like how you feel when you walk out of a facial, giving that type of results in a really easy, approachable way. So it's really, in a way, it's an amalgamation of both cultures, of, of us having that beauty ex industry experience, both in Korea and the US, and bringing the best of both worlds together to create Glow Recipe skincare. So the Fruit Ford line that you see today at Sephora was started in 2017. So it's relatively young still, just a over three years old. And um, we now have 12 fruit-powered innovations, and we just started launching globally last year. So now we are in Canada, the UK, Germany, Australia, and we recently launched in Southeast Asia. And I love, you call it fruit-powered innovations. I love that. <laughs> so, and, and, and that's what I find so interesting because, I mean, we know that there's been this uh, this wave. I mean, there's even a word for it. I'm going to mispronounce it. Hollywood? Hollywood? Like Hallyu. the Korean wave. It's just, yeah, it's very, and we know that mainly because of, you know, K-pop, but like really K-beauty was the one, in my opinion, came before that really in like a big way. And so, you know, I would love to hear more about, you know, because I, I love, I love the connection to, you know, kind of digging into your childhoods and 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 thinking about all these things that are just really kind of second nature in you know in Korean culture and translating that to you know a wider market. I would love to hear a little bit more about like you know your thinking when you wanted to you know make your your you know your hero products and the products that came after that and really the the how you one had the idea too like how do you, how you wanted to present it? Because as you mentioned, it's very, uh, a lot of your products are multi-sensory experiences from the packaging to the smell, to the look, to the feel, everything. And I know that that's, that's a very conscious choice. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about, about how you, about how you go about developing products that have that connection to, you know, to, to your culture and making it something that is, you know, really fun and approachable. Yeah, this is Sarah. So really good question. I want to sort of step back and share our original mission for the company because when we founded Glow Recipe, we, we really wanted to make skincare not just efficacious, but fun and joyful all at the same time. And that was something that we just really wanted to bring to this industry and this market. And like Christine mentioned earlier, we saw that skincare was seen as a chore 
Um, but, you know, our belief was that it shouldn't be, it should never be an obligation. It's just maybe an escape from a stressful long day, or maybe it's just that bright moment of the day, even if it's just two minutes behind your medicine cabinet. And because of that, it's something that you look forward to. And because it is something that you look forward to, it's basically, if you like something so much, you're going to look forward to it and you'll continue to do it every single day. And then in the long run, you'll see incredible results. So that was the mission and the vision for the company. We stayed laser focused on how we can bring that to life. And we, we always, you know, remember that our heritage was that skincare is a lifestyle, but it's about the approach rather than just the product itself. So how much you enjoy it, how the experience makes you feel, how that experience actually has the correlation to the results was what we wanted to hone in on as we developed our own products. So the first ever product that we created was our cult favorite watermelon glow sleeping mask. And like Christine said earlier, we launched this together with our blueberry balance gentle cleanser in 2017. It was an interesting journey because you know, we're not the typical brand that started out with innovations, right? We had all these insights and experience and knowledge from our curation business and all of the engagement that we had with our customers was a huge learning. And we knew that these core tenets of Korean beauty, which are sensoriality, experience-driven, efficacious, of course, you can never forget that, but also having hero powerful ingredient story is so much uh, appreciated within Korean skincare. So we wanted to check all these boxes, but start from where it just leads us back to our childhood memories, which was our experience with watermelon. And we knew firsthand because of the miraculous results that we've experienced of the healing you know, rashes that watermelon was able to do from our grandmother's hands, it was something that was so magical and we wanted to introduce it to everybody because when we looked around within the skincare landscape, we couldn't find a single product that starified this very special superfruit. And so we saw this opportunity, but we also wanted to leverage this opportunity to educate how amazing superfruits can be for our skin. I mean, we love it to, to eat and it's great for our body because it helps to hydrate. It's rich in vitamins and amino acids. And we knew that that was so great. So why not translate it over to your skin, right? At the same time, we thought about the 360 uh, consumer journey. So like you mentioned, you know, how do you display it? How do you present it? That was very important for us too, because that's part of the skin entertainment philosophy you know, you should enjoy your skincare, not just because it's great on skin, but also it's great to look at. Why not? At the same time, you said skin entertainment. Skin entertainment. <laughs> yes, that's you the just, term. You, I just wanted to make sure I, got... <laughs> that's I the love term that. We, you we just said that trademarked. so quick. I was like, wait, pause. <laughs> <laughs> wait, pause. Yeah, that's the term we coined and trademarked because <laughs> it is our philosophy and we, we live by it. And we think that it's not just the formula, it's also the packaging, it's the experience, and it's the whole journey, right? From the moment you look at it online, whether it's Instagram, or if you're walking into a store and you see this beautiful packaging that stands out next to all these other products, that's where your eyes go to, and you want to pick it up, touch it. The other thing we're thinking about is the sensorial experience. So when you open the jar, you can smell this divine, fresh watermelon scent right off the bat which is what was really the hook for a lot of the people that didn't know about our products before. 
So we thought about every touch point, everything was intentional and strategic, but because we believe that the journey is as important as the result itself, it was very important for us to really think about the 360 approach. For example, the watermelon jar, the mask jar that you've seen is inspired by an ice cube. Because when, you, when we had the watermelon wine applied on our heat rashes, it felt so cooling, icy cold. So we wanted everyone to experience the same experience visually, but also um, formula standpoint. And so imagine a, an ice cube, um, you're holding onto an ice cube and then pouring warm water from above, which is what makes all the edges, sharp edges, rounder and circular. And it's this really unique, irregular shape that's also a nice grip to your hand. And we thought about this because we wanted it to be, again, visually something that makes everyone smile. We're going to take a quick break here. And when we're back, Sarah and Christine explain how they handled the learning curve of growing a top-selling brand in just three years. This episode of Creative Control is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. I, th I think it can never be overstated, like how how much your company has grown in a relatively short amount of time. And so what has that been like for you? Because I, I, you, you two have obviously, you know, as we as we've been discussing, you worked, uh, you, you met while working um, at a major corporation, L'Oreal, and then, you know, became entrepreneurs with this idea of, you know, curating different brands. And then you stepped into uh, creating your own your own your own products what only three years ago now and so what has that learning curve been like for you because i mean i think you know for someone like me who i'm always i'm constantly hunting for skincare products i feel like i've been seeing glow recipe for longer than three years um so i think but i always have to remind myself like no it's still a really young company so what has that learning curve been like for you um kind of switching gears as entrepreneurs and also um you know kind of going through growing pains that you know all young companies go through and have you sort of navigated that? Yeah, that's a really great question. So in the beginning, just getting used to entrepreneurship was a journey within itself. Um, we had, you know, spent our entire careers at L'Oreal where there is an accounting department, there's a legal department and you're in your niche and learning amazing things, but you're not running the business in that sense. And so without that protective structure in place, we were just up all night Googling, cold calling, trying to figure things out, made a lot of mistakes, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs do as well, but valuable ones because we learned our lessons. And for us, every single thing was a learning experience. And I think that's also what kind of made it exciting in a sense, because we were not only able to put our core marketing and product development knowledge to the test, but we were learning about new legal issues, for example, or we were learning what it meant to keep the books for our business. We were learning how to build out a site and we built our site from scratch. The developer help that we got came along much, much later, but we built it from scratch through Shopify. And a lot of it was through once again, Googling and you realize quickly how Googling can become your best friend throughout this process. But that was just setting up the business, you know, what, what does it mean to be a corporation versus another structure and, and figuring those things out one step at a time and realizing that, you know, you don't, you're not the expert at anything, everything and you can't be, 
realizing that you sometimes have to really put a lot of work into identifying who's the best help for a certain project, like a really great lawyer, a really great accounting partner, and then working and partnering with them to, to figure out the business. Just on the product and social media side, for us, social media has always been such a foundational element to the business because it's where we are able to have conversations and open dialogue with our customers. And so I think if when you see Glow Recipe on Instagram, it just feels a lot bigger than it really is. And so I think through there, we're able to show little authentic moments of the team behind the scenes or the process that goes into creating a product, the conversations around what product our customers need next. And we use it not only as a channel to you know, showcase our newest launch or talk about our products or show beautiful imagery, it's really become a conversational platform for us. And I think learning to navigate that conversation and just really trusting the process, really becoming ultra transparent with our customers, looping them into key decisions that really impacted the business, that was a learning curve in itself because it wasn't native to us in that sense because coming from a bigger corporation, it just wasn't how things were done. But coming into the entrepreneurial scene, you realize that your customers are essentially the core of your business and your business decisions and putting them at the center of a lot of the decisions that you make set you up for the right path ultimately. Um, so we still keep in touch with a lot of our early customers from that time. We got some really, really great feedback from these customers over the years as they've seen us evolve and, and involving them, whether it was moving from curations to our in-house brand and pivoting that way, or you know, having them looped into the testing process for certain new products that process and, and learning to just fully embrace it and own it has been, I think, a really interesting learning curve as well. Definitely. And, you know, the skincare industry is obviously, I mean, it's like a multi-billion dollar industry at this point. And, you know, there's God knows how many brands, big and small, but when you sit back and look at this really crowded landscape, how would you describe the lane that you've built for yourself with Glow Recipe? Because I think there's so many, like you, both of you know fully well, you know, there, there's, there's so many different brands out here trying to find the space in this, this very wide marketplace. So, you know, when you, when you really sit back and think of all that you've accomplished so far, like how would you describe this lane that you've created for yourselves? Yeah, I love this question. I don't think anybody has asked us this specific question um, during our interviews. <laughs> so love that. I think that, you know, there's, to your point, there's so many products in the market. It's really, really ultra saturated, but I can't think of another brand that focuses on skin entertainment that also heroes fruit forward ingredients paired with active ingredients that are time tested for truly sensorial and efficacious results. I think that's what we stand for. We have the table stakes, you know, it's clean, it's cruelty-free, it's natural skincare, and it's um, harsh-free in general. That's how we started, even before the word clean was as a trend, because we believe that if we are comfortable using the products every single day and we feel safe using the products, then everybody else will. And we believe that taking out the ingredients that are unnecessary was really important as part of the process. 
So even when we were curating products, harsh free was our core sort of mantra. And to this day, we have these table stakes. But I think what makes us now stand apart from everybody else is what I mentioned earlier. You know, it's it's a mastiche in a way price point. It's in the prestige um, select market, but it's affordable in that tier, if you will. A lot of our products are in the 30s and 40s range, even though the experience is luxurious. And at the same time, we didn't forget about the fun factor. You know, you walk into a Sephora store, it's going to be hard to find skincare brands or products that are super colorful with clear packaging. Um, you know, our, pro- our, our product packaging is all clear because we wanted to say what you see is what you get. You know, you want to see the formula through the packaging and still have that luxurious experience. Why not? So it all comes from skin entertainment once again, <laughs> which is our mission. And on and what never going to get in. tired of that word. <laughs> and, never going to get tired of skin entertainment. <laughs> and at the same time, not compromising on results. And I think that's what sets us apart. You know, one thing that I always love to ask of my guests is to is for them to you know think about where they are right now in their respective journeys and define creativity. So I would love it if you two could just give me, given your 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 experiences in building this brand, building this company, you know, really making a name for yourself. As we mentioned, it's this incredibly crowded marketplace by finding a new approach to skincare. How have you come to define creativity? Also another great question. Um, That's all I got here on this podcast. It's a great question. All you got are great questions. (laughs) (laughs) This is Christine. Um, You know, for us, creativity takes different forms. I, I think in the beginning stages of our business, it was really about scrappiness, how to stretch that dollar, how to make sure that this budget could get us that this far and how to use that budget to catapult to that next level as a business and continue to evolve and grow. And, you know, when we speak with other founder friends or we speak with people in the industry, they're often shocked to know how lean our team is. And they're often shocked to know that we're still independently funded to this day. Sarah and I put in $25,000 each of our savings into the business and we've never put in money since. But all the profits of the business continually fund the growth. And for us, just finding really great solutions that don't necessarily mean the biggest dollars, but mean the smartest decisions for us is kind of a mantra of the company. Um, in the very beginning stages, an example would probably be, you know, when we didn't have a lot of editor contacts in the industry at the time. So we figured out by, you know, identifying a list of 600 plus editors, we looked at the articles that they had written, we created the spreadsheet, and then we just cold called every day, every night for weeks to figure out a way to get our name out there. And maybe that was, it was a pretty labor intensive way, but it was for us a scrappy way to initially kick off our business without having to take on outside capital when at the time we knew we weren't ready for it. That type of resourcefulness still continues today. And, you know, it's a very different example, but recently I think our Glow Summit, which was an online virtual summit that we had, was another creative way for us to you know, continue to engage with our customer base. So in 2017, we had a pop-up in Soho and it was incredibly well-received. People loved coming and trying different products. We actually announced the launch of Glow Recipe Skincare at that pop-up. And then in 2018, we had a pop-up at The Grove that was shaped like a watermelon. 
and had a little rind roof and you walked in and there were seeds on the floor and you follow the seeds to follow your skincare journey throughout the pop-up. And we love presenting customers with that type of experience. And for this year, we really thought long and hard about what would be an exciting experience for people. And virtual summits have been done before, we know that. But for us, our community is so strong and they're so passionate about the topic of self-care and engaging with each other so that we knew we could find a way to, to deliver this message in our own way during an especially challenging time. And so we partnered with different female founders in the industry, with different leaders in the beauty industry to create different panels and workshops and, and discussions. And I have honestly never seen a more engaged chat on Zoom. It was from 12 to 6 p.m. for six straight hours, but it, the fervor and the ardency just never let up. And it was so, so exciting to see that. And we had sent everyone who attended and was able to get one of the tickets on time because they sold out within two days, a entire self-care kit so that they were really part of the process using the nail polish from the kit to do your own DIY manicure. But for us, creativity takes different forms in this way. It's you know, how we approach our customers. It's how we, you know, have happy, different happy hour themed quizzes for, with our team. It's, it really takes all facets and of our business. It's, it's really present in all facets of our business. And I think it's, you know, another foundational aspect to the company because we've been so resourceful. We've been so scrappy for a long time. Um, but that's also how we've been able to find really, really great solutions, both for us, the company and at the team and our customers. Yeah, I, I will just say, Christine said it really perfectly. I'll just say that the other way to look at creativity is we start from our dream. You know, I think when we founded this company, our dream was to you know, shatter the glass ceiling, show that two female co-founders can make it and also bring skin entertainment to the world and share what, you know, we are so passionate about and believe in from Korean skincare technologies to the world. That was the dream. And that's how it all started. You know, we didn't even have a website. We had, you know, a small pool from our savings and we kind of went with everything. Um, we didn't know how to run a business, but we were learning as we went. And then when it came to product development, it started as a dream as well. We were dreaming of a product that could work hard overnight and give us hydration and exfoliation overnight. We were dreaming about products that could really help cleanse our face, but also exfoliate at the same time, because those products never existed before. We were dreaming of an eye cream that could really make us look um, you know, more youthful and healthy and really remove our dark circles because it has retinol, but we were afraid of using retinol before because they could be too harsh. So we dreamt and we started everything from our mood board and we briefed our chemists and R&D partners and said, this is a dream, can you make it happen? And you know, most of the times these chemists said no. I mean, they said it was, you know, there's a reason why these products never existed before <laughs> because it was so hard to make. And we pushed and challenged, which is why each and every formula takes forever to make. And we're known as, you know, very particular um, picky clients, but this is how we dreamt it and we didn't want to give up. Well, this has just been such a pleasure speaking with both of you. And like I said, I've always wanted to speak to the founders of this company because 
like I said, I, I've I've been a fan. You know, I feel like I I've tried I've tried the watermelon uh, sleeping mask. I've tried uh, the banana souffle moisturizer, which is really good. Um, wow. And it's I'm it's me. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm I tell you, I'm like a skincare junkie, and I I always find products that I oh, love, I love but I keep, tr- I keep wanting to try other products. I never stick with one. So, um, <laughs> so I've absolutely tried your products before and I think that they're fantastic. And it's always so fascinating to hear like the story behind, you know, why you chose the the ingredients that you did. And so it's just a fantastic company and, you know, you two have been wonderful. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for asking such thoughtful questions. We really, really uh, have a blast. It's my job, you know, so they pay me for, you know, to sit in my room on the floor and ask questions. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Creative Conversation. As always, don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. It helps the podcast, and we really love hearing from all of you. We'll be back again with another episode in two weeks. See you then.